0: Open our Bibles to the book of James, chapter 2. You're going to read from verses 14 through 26. Book of James, chapter 2, verses 14 through 26. You may also get that in the screen. What does it profit, my brethren, if someone says he has faith but does not have works? Can faith save him if a brother or sister is naked and destitute of daily food? And one of you says to them, depart in peace, be warmed and filled, but you do not give them the things which are needed for the body. What does it profit? Thus also faith by itself, if it does not have works, is dead. likewise was not Rahab the harlot also justified by works when she received the messengers and sent them out another way for as the body without the spirit is dead so faith without works is dead also this morning we have read from the book of james as james is talking about the faith without works let's read verse 24 again you see then that a man is justified by works and not by faith only a man is justified by works and not by faith only you know james the author of the author of the book introduced himself as a bond servant of lord jesus christ it is widely believed that this james is the half brother of our lord jesus christ the main message in the book of james is for the church is for the church that is living in the world in this book of james he talks about some of the practical aspects of implementing faith in our lives james says man is justified by works and not by faith only." You know, this morning we we are just going to dive into some of the deep understanding in the Word of God. You know, every time when I come here, you know, I come with a different type type of message, different style of message. Last week, we know we remember we were all rejoicing over Psalm 13, and we had a very inspiring message. But this morning, we are diving into know some of the facts and some of the truths that the church must know today. James says man is justified by works not by faith alone now let's see what Paul says Paul says in Galatians chapter 2 verse 16 he says knowing that a man is not justified justified by the works of the law but by faith in Jesus Christ even we have believed in Christ Jesus that we might be justified by faith in Christ and not by the works of the law for by the works of the law no flesh shall be justified we are reading two scriptures from the same book of the law one from james and one from galatians i want you to follow me closely and james says man is justified by works not by faith only whereas paul says by the works of the law no flesh shall be justified it appears that Paul and James are contradicting to each other. But if we closely come and understand, they are talking about two different things using the same word faith and works. This morning I want to want to take you along with me as we try to understand what exactly God wants us to do. Paul says in Galatians 2:16, we cannot earn salvation salvation by working hard to fulfill all the laws. How many laws are there in the book? 630? 600 630 laws, Rishab says. 630 laws are there in the book. Good answer. 600, approximately 630 laws are the book. Is there anyone here fulfilling all the 630 laws? I want to really see you. I want to take you for a lunch. All 630 law. If we work, work hard, work hard to fulfill all 630 laws, we are never going to be saved. We will never be saved. So Paul says we cannot earn salvation by working hard to fulfill all the laws. Working hard to do good things is not going to save us. If that is the case, we don't need Jesus. Working hard if it can save people from the eternal hell we don't need jesus working hard is not going to save us paul says in ephesians chapter 2 verse 8 for by grace you have been saved through faith and that not of yourselves it is the gift of god there is nothing that we can do there is no work that we can do to earn salvation paul also says in romans 4 and galatians 3 "We will not go there abraham and david both were justified by faith, not by work. Now let's again come back to what James C says. James says in again chapter two verses twenty one and twenty two. Paul says Abraham and David were not justified by faith and not were justified by faith, not by works. But James says again, James two twenty one was not Abraham our father justified by works when he offered Isaac his son on the altar verse 22 beautiful verse do you see that faith was working together with his work and by works faith was made perfect don't you see that as abraham took the step of faith faith was working together with his works and by works faith was made perfect so there is something about why faith there is something about work and there is an amazing thing, you know that we want to put this together this morning looks like there is an apparent contradiction if you can see the next slide paul is saying no one is justified by the works of the law but by faith in jesus christ but james is saying man is justified by works and not by faith only And we know that scriptures don't contradict to each other amen do you think scriptures contradict to each other hello do you think the scriptures contradict to each other you know if that's the case we're not going to believe this book right if they contradict to each other then we are not going to follow because we don't know what to follow so this morning i pray that god may open our eyes so i believe paul and james are talking about balancing faith and work can you say balancing Can you just hold your hands like this for a moment are you able to balance your hands yes and think about somebody who's just standing on one toe it may be really hard to really balance our lives this morning put your hands down please so this morning paul and james they are telling us it's important how do we balance faith and work together in our lives This morning, I want to title my sermon as Balancing Faith and Works. Can you read that with me? Balancing Faith and Work. You know, no one is expected to work hard to earn salvation, but we are expected to work hard for not losing our salvation. Are you with me? no one is expected to work hard to earn salvation but we are all expected to work hard to maintain our not to lose our salvation we need faith to maintain our salvation we lose our salvation if we don't work hard because a dead faith cannot produce salvation we need to work hard that's what the bible says every day you work out your salvation Every day, you be careful not to lose the presence of God by keep on sinning. One saved is not saved forever. That's around theology. One saved is not saved forever. We need to work out our salvation with fear and trembling. We are saved by faith, but we want to keep our faith alive. If we don't work along with our faith, the faith is going to die the faith is going to die because faith without work is dead and God wants us to work by applying faith in our lives God wants us to work work every day work out our salvation every day applying faith in our lives so that one day faith is going to perfect according to James we also need to understand Paul and James are writing to two different churches. They are totally in two different setups and in their spiritual walk with the Lord. Paul is writing to the churches. Listen to me this morning. Paul is writing to the churches that are filled with the new believers. You know, they are from different ethnicity. And Paul is warning the church, saying that there are people they come in the midst of you. And they do not accept Christ by faith. But still they believe that fulfilling all 630 laws is essential to receive salvation. I want you to be careful about it. You know, think about people who are living, you know, in the time of law, and they are coming from Judaism and from various sects, they are coming into Christianity. You know, their tendency is to fulfill all the laws without fail. And Paul is writing to them saying that, do not accept those who do not accept Christ by faith but those who accept God only by fulfilling all the laws you want to be careful about it because Christ Jesus came and he already died for you all that you need is to put your faith in God but whereas James is writing to matured believers if you read the book of James we feel that it is written for us James is written to the matured believers Those who are getting perfected as they go through different trials, different tribulations in their lives. And James is saying, don't be only a hearer of the word of God, but be doers of the word of God. And he says, don't just say that you have great faith in God. If you don't see your faith putting in action, your faith is dead. James is writing to the mature believers, whereas Paul is writing to the new converts. You know scripture doesn't contradict to one another but basically scriptures they complement to each other and this morning we are going to see how and they are going to help us together you know these two thoughts of paul and james on balancing faith and works this morning is going to help us to live a balanced christian life you can see the next slide paul says there is no work with which we can be saved we can be saved only by faith whereas James says we need to work hard to make the faith perfect in our lives only our work along with faith can make us to stand righteous before God let's read this together we all must balance our Christian lives if you can read that with me we all must balance our Christian lives with faith and works pray study meditate and be will filled with the holy spirit to spiritually grow and mature in your faith at the same time work hard and allow your faith in god to impact lives around you by meeting their emotional spiritual and physical needs don't overdo either one balance it you know sometimes we become too spiritual and we want to pray we want to meditate we want to grow in our spiritual life whereas it's you know we grow in our faith but we fail to do work and that's not a balanced christian life god is expecting us to balance it by how much of our faith we have that much work is expected out of us you know this morning i am here to work are you here to work hello are you here to work yes no i mean i know the volunteers are here for for work because they had to come here at 9 30 and they need to stand there and they need to work hard to make sure all of us are doing well all of us are doing good right so they are here for work god expects us to grow in faith mature in faith and at the same time he wants us to work Let's look at the example James is talking about, James 2, chapter 2, verse 14 through 17. What profit does it take, my brethren, if someone says he has faith but does not have words? Can faith save him? If a brother or sister is naked and destitute, means deprived of food or clothing, and one of you says to him, says to them, depart in peace, be warmed and be filled, but you do not give them the things that they are in need for their body what does it profit There's also faith by itself if it does not have works is dead and i just want to simplify these terms in us maybe we may be struggling to understand when someone comes to us and says brother i have such a great need in my life i have a great issue going on can you just come with me to help right so a brother comes our sister comes to you and us the faith Christian says this is what a faith Christian says brother I will pray that God may send somebody to help you in Jesus name amen I declare it and I claim it in Jesus name you go in peace will that help no faith Christian Somebody is in need. Somebody is in great struggle. He comes to a work Christian and the work Christian says, brother, come, let's go. I'll help you. Let's call the helpline. Let's approach somebody. Let's speak to this lawyer. Let's go to this doctor. I will help you to fix the issue. And the issue is getting fixed. Now, someone comes to a balanced Christian who is balanced very well in terms of faith and work, and he says, brother, I believe in prayer. I have great faith in prayer. Come on, let's hold hands and pray together that God can do something in your situation. I believe that there is power. There is strength when we come together in unity. Let's pray. I have great faith in God. They made a short prayer. And then he says, come on, brother, let's go now. Let's fix it. Have you understood three different scenarios? You know, God expects us to have a balanced Christian life, not just only displaying our faith, but also doing the work of God by getting ourselves into the field. Someone who is in need of food, he does. He needs food, not your prayer. Someone who is in need of something in their lives they just need someone who is you know, struggling to breathe, probably they just need oxygen. They not, don't need prayer, probably prayer helps. Yes, certainly prayer helps, but what is needed at the moment is food, is oxygen. We may have faith in God that we you know, you may even believe that God may drop food from heaven, but what is needed is for us to go and put our hands in the plow and start doing the work of God. Today, the church must not be only believing church. The church must be a doing church. Can you say doing church this morning? I want you to listen to me because that's the burden of my heart. That is the burden of the heart of God, that God wants the church to be a doing church. I will give you some more examples. We can see that in the next slide during the last week VBS. When two of our volunteers came forward, holding these signs as joy was teaching them teaching the students on which path to choose to go to heaven which path to choose to go to hell if you want to go to hell some of the attributes of our lives that may take us to heaven that may take us to hell you are making an eternal impact in your life listen to me you are making an eternal impact in the lives of these little children you know what this is going to stay in their minds forever this is going to stick on to their minds forever. They are not going to forget. They are going to build their life accordingly. You know, what God is expecting in our lives is our faith to be put into action so that you know somebody can come to the cross, somebody can be loved, somebody can be cared. You can see the next slide. During the mission moment in the VBS, we were teaching the children and motivating them to give for mission. We're talking about the hunger that's taking the lives of young children, and we were motivating them that if you can give something, it's going to feed somebody, it's going to feed us some ch- child like you. And at the end of the VBS, both volunteers and children they raised $582. You know that's more than enough to feed an orphan child for a year. Can you put our hands together and give glory to God? that 582 dollar is more than enough to feed an orphan child for more than a year in some part of the globe you're putting your faith in action if the faith remains within you that poor child is not going to be fed god is expecting us to move forward our spiritual growth doesn't really depend on how much we pray it depends on how do we put our faith how do we apply our faith in our day-to-day living and also meeting the need of the kingdom by seeing what God is doing among these little children. By seeing what God can do across, miles across among those, who are, those children, those who are starving for food. Those who are going to bed hungry each night. One of the volunteers came forward and said, I will sponsor one orphan child for next one year. Putting our faith into action. You know, this is what God is expecting in every walk of our life. A Christian who is balancing his life well shows interest in spiritual matters. And also shows interest when it times to help somebody you know we are not living for ourselves if we need to live for ourselves God Christ Jesus would not have died for us the only selfish nature that Jesus displayed at the cross is to take us and put it in the spot so that we can be Christ we can be the living epistles we can show the love and the fragrance of Jesus Christ to this generation if you carefully notice the teachings of Lord Jesus Christ he taught them spiritual matters and he asked them to put them in practice by caring for by helping somebody a church must balance its mission of reaching the lost people by properly balancing the spiritual emotional and the physical needs of those who are in need dr Billy Graham he says God has given us can you read that with me God has given us two hands one to receive with and the other to give with. I believe one hand with which we receive by faith from God, and with the other hand, we work, we work to give. The money that you are investing in the kingdom of God, it doesn't come just like that. You work for it. You work for it, with one hand, we receive by faith and with other hand, we give by our hard work. Jesus' teachings supports both Paul and James' teachings on faith and works equally. Jesus taught about mustard seed of faith. And at the same time, Jesus also spoke about extending our hands to those who are in need. This morning I just want to refer a couple of scriptures that Jesus spoke and I want to close in prayer. Jesus talked about the importance of giving even a cup of water to somebody. Shall we read the scripture? Mark chapter 9 verse 41. For whoever gives you a cup of water to drink in my name, because you belong to Christ, surely I say to you, he will by no means lose his reward. You know what an amazing illustration it is. Even you extend, extend the cup of water may not have any value at all. Even if you extend that to somebody who is in need, it's much more valuable for someone who is really starving, who is really dying. And you will see the reward in heaven. Now how much more God can reward you when you give to God? How much more God can reward you when you work in the kingdom of God? You know, there is a judgment that's going to come. We often think that the judgment is, we can escape the judgment if we are saved. But scripture repeatedly says, it's going to be a works-based judgment. Works-based judgment. We don't even see that there is a scripture in such a fashion in the book of the law workspace judgment this is jesus is going to implement that system on the day come with me to Mark chapter, matthew chapter 25 verse 41 then he will also say to those on the left hand depart from me you cursed into the everlasting fire prepared for the devil and his angels why was 42 for i was hungry and you gave me no food i was thirsty and you gave me no drink I was a stranger and you did not take me in naked and you did not clothe me sick and in prison in prison and you did not visit me then they will all together, will be, then they also will answer him saying, Lord, when did we see you hungry or thirsty or a stranger or naked or sick in prison and did not minister to you, verse 45, then he will answer them saying, assuredly I say to you, inasmuch as you did not do it, one of the, le- le- one of the least of these, you did not do it to me, verse 46, and these will go away into everlasting punishment, but the righteous into eternal life what is defined as righteous is by the works it's not by faith here in the scripture not just by faith alone what we do for god is going to take us into eternity you know this morning god wants us to balance both faith and work both our spirituality and the work and the support that we provide for those who are in need jesus spoke about the believers leave by faith to become rich believers live by faith to become hello to become rich matthew chapter 6 verse 19 and 20 do not lay up yourselves treasures on the earth where moth and rust destroy and where things break in and seal but lay up yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust destroys and where thieves do not break in and steal i mean this scripture we hear the scripture often and jesus is telling us it's important to show our faith in action. You know, today Christianity is not able to stand in front of the people of this world. because we say something and we do something. And this morning, this is my prayer that this church, as we grow in our grow in our spirituality, we need to be a working church. We need to show our faith in action, so that you know, one day when we stand before the throne of God, God may take us into the eternal heaven. We don't want to get punished. I don't want to get punished. I want to find my way i want to make my way to heaven and i want to do all that i need to do in order to reach there we are called to live by faith and works the same way we rejoice in worshiping god we must be rejoicing in working for god it's not only having a good time of worship it is also having a hard time in the kingdom of god to work in this kingdom I want you to learn the secret just going to reveal a secret this morning Your support to mission are the four ten pegs of your life Your support to mission are the four ten pegs of your life You know ten pegs are a pointed piece of wood or object or a plastic or a metal or a plastic is pushed into the ground to hold the four corners of the tent and your life becomes stable your life becomes stronger your life becomes protected, well protected when you associate your life with the need of the kingdom with the need of the kingdom it is important that we are connected in a way that meets the need of those who are underprivileged that's the need of the kingdom link your finances link your availability link your health link your ambitions with the kingdom needs that will save your life that will give you protection That will give you safety because these are the four ten pegs you can strongly lay down on the ground, push it on the ground on which you can stand today because your life on the face of this earth is linked with the kingdom need. You know, God is not going to take away just like that. The enemy cannot touch you just like that because God is keeping you because you are fulfilling the work in the kingdom of God. God's kingdom includes all kinds of people, not only believers. You can see the next slide. God's kingdom includes all different kinds of people. People who are living in the streets, the hippies, the mentally ill, the disabled, beggars, the homeless, those who are depressed, those who are drug addicts, alcoholics, sex workers, visual and hearing impaired, people with limited mobility, they can't move around, illiterates, unemployment, low income group of people, those who are abused, those who are orphans, widows, and many more those who are socially vulnerable, socially underprivileged. We don't see them often, but the kingdom of God includes all of them, not just believers. We come to church every Sunday morning in our car and we go back home. That's not the kingdom of God. This morning we are talking about a kingdom of God for which Jesus came down to this earth. Jesus did not come for the church. Jesus came for those who are lost in the world. We were lost one day and Jesus came and he pulled us. He did not come for the 99 sheep. He came for the one sheep that was lost. He did not come for those who are keeping well. He came for those who are sick. This is the list of sick people out there. And how can I say that I don't have anything to do with them? How can I escape the judgment of God if I say that I don't have anything to do with them? Jesus died for them all. He shed his blood for all of them those who are listed there on the screen god wants us not only to send our money god wants us to put our faith in action by doing something for these people god wants us to support and share our love to them eventually we will be taking them to the eternal heaven church that is the plan of God there is no other agenda in the church other than the same agenda Jesus came with which on this world we have the same agenda of reaching the lost there is so much we can do outside these four walls there is so much that we can do outside these four four walls then we will see if we do those things we will see our faith being put in action not in the inside the church but outside where there is need we will find a meaning for what we do inside four walls otherwise it becomes meaningless every Sunday morning you come here and rejoice and go what's the use of it eventually in the kingdom of father kingdom of God we will find meaning to what we do everything that we do here when we worship God there is something the need something associated with the need that we see outside we will find encouragement and motivation to follow god the church that doesn't involve itself into reaching these lost people they will eventually die because there is no interest and there is no t- motivation to follow god and the next generation your children and your grandchildren will have nothing to do with church because they know very well where the need is they know very well the need is outside the four walls they know very well and if we do know don't do anything if we associate what we do here with the need that we see in the kingdom of god we will lose the next generation they will not have any interest to follow god we will see our lives changing when lives are touched around us. We will see the manifestation of the power of the Holy Spirit when we go and touch these lives, and when these lives change, it's not easy to do. It's easy made to, for me to say, but it is something that God expects us to do in the coming days as a church. A minister once asked a man who was a new league, became Christian. He asked him, "Have you related with the church?" Are you associated with the church? He said, No, I haven't. The man replied to the minister and he said, The dying thief never united with the church and he went to heaven. The died, you remember the thief that died at the cross along with Jesus? He never went to church but he went to heaven. The minister asked him, Have you ever sat at the Lord's table? and he said, No, the thief never did that, but he was accepted. And the minister asked him again with great concern he asked him have you been baptized and he said no the thief at the cross he never took baptism but he went to heaven and the minister asked have you given to missions to support orphans and to support missionaries and you know people who are underprivileged have you given to missions he said no the thief who died at the cross he did not give anything and he was not judged based on what he did And the final last question before the ministry was about to break into tears he asked have you been involved in reaching out to the society of neglected people he said no the thief who died at the cross he never did but he went to heaven and the disgusted minister said to them well my friend the difference between you and the thief is this he was a dying thief but you are a living thief You are a living thief. You know, this morning, when we do anything, when we do something for the mega agenda of God and the kingdom of God, you know, God will not forget that. God remembers. You know, Sunday after Sunday, we come to church. We rejoice in the presence of God. We enjoy the fellowship and go. But we are accountable. We are accountable. We cannot say any excuse. We rob God of one tenth, not just offering, but our life. We rob God of one tenth of our life. That should have been spent to reaching the lost who are underprivileged. How do we do this? What are we going to do to put our action into faith? What are we going to do? Many times we close our sins. And even as, as I speak, even as I share this sermon, some of you decide, maybe it's not for me. Listen, listen. Maybe it's not for me some of you are thinking this morning that this is not for me Pastor is preaching for somebody else many times we close i can't do this how can i do this you know we all want to do something for the kingdom of god amen we all want to do something for the kingdom of god and sometime or the other we have to start doing something in the kingdom of god and god wants us to take a step god wants us to take a step god wants to wants us to pay attention to these people that we had in the list god wants us to pay attention to these people those who are living in the streets god wants us to listen to their life struggles listen to their life stories and that may break your heart that may motivate you to do something for them is this life not boring i'm just asking you is this life not boring When you drive to work every day, and come back home from every day from work, is this life not boring? Sitting in front of the computer for 16 hours, is this life not boring? Can you do something different? We are running out of time. We don't have many years ahead of us. Can we do something different now? Can you take a few minutes every day? To do something that's not part of our routine? Can you take some time to know more about these people who are underprivileged? Can you take some effort to know what is happening in the kingdom of God? We have been talking. We have been thinking for many times, many days. Can we do something about that this morning? Don't wait for the church to go as a team. I believe those days are gone now. God wants you to use individually as a family as an individual this morning God is asking you can you step on I'm not going to ask you to give to mission today but I am asking you to give your life for this cause give your life for this cause God wants us to spend our time and effort and our life a portion of it for the kingdom agenda shall we all just stand for this moment The world outside us is perishing but God is asking us to do something that makes eternal impact in the lives of people. We have enough faith but if we don't put the faith in action, our faith remains dormant and eventually dies, God is expecting you to put your faith in action this morning. Shall we all close our eyes as we get into a time of prayer?